0: Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are looking to you, the Lamb of God, this morning. If we look at ourselves, we see so we're so insufficient, insufficient. Lord, our sufficiency is in Christ Jesus, this unveiled living word of God. So, Heavenly Father, we found our lot to be standing here. We just pray, Lord, that you will do a special work this morning. Knowing nothing's preconceived, nothing has been thought out in the sense of, of Lord preaching to any person. We just want to lift up the word of life himself. Brother Biscal often has said over the years, and it's so true, more profound now. As we realize he came to me. Come to us this morning. Meet our needs, Lord. All different. All various problems. But you're the answer to every problem. And so, Lord, to those that are running this great race, Lord, and maybe have struggled a little bit, Lord, I pray that you'll lift them up in your arms. Dust them off. And let them run this morning Would you be with our pastor great need in his body this morning Love to be here And we would have loved to have him here We love him dearly Lord as a church, as individuals He's meant so much to us Lord Would you strengthen him His dear wife, Lord, as their home Father God Strengthen us now in the word of life We commit the service To you in Jesus name amen amen praise the lord well i've only done this once or twice before in my 40 some odd years i remember inviting brother vin brother vin was coming by years ago he was in the log church and and wednesday was he was going to take wednesday friday sunday and we announced it of course the church full like it is now and in that in that area and it and um He called, and Wednesday afternoon I called him. I said, where are you? He says, I'm in Tucson. I said, what on earth are you doing in Tucson? He said, well, I'm not up there till Friday. I said, since when? We announced you would be here. He says, no, yes. He says, well, I won't be there. I said, okay. I said, the people are going to be very disappointed because I will be. And at the course of course, those that were in the log church, there was a, two little rooms at the front. One was for the radio and the other room was the little pastor study. And as soon as I cracked that door open, there's like a. Ah. <laughs> I didn't hear that this morning, so that's good. <laughs> Amen. And we're, we're privileged to be standing here before you and thankful that Brother Ed can get, get some rest and be strong. And I just told myself be greater and better the next time. It's like wine. It just gets better and better and better. And I'm looking forward to when the pastor comes and speaks, aren't you? Amen. Amen. I'd love to tell him right now. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Ed. Amen. Amen. Take your Bibles, please. Romans. Romans chapter 6. We preached last week on, uh, for sin shall not have dominion over you. And uh, I took my time, and, and I'm thankful for your kind comments, emails, phone messages, and etc. And for that, we're thankful for. It's nice to see you again, Brother Lou. You're looking good. Amen. So I'd like to take a look at this again. I've, I just want to take it in a different area, go a different way. So when I do the right-hand turn, I, I don't want anybody to, go, to keep on going straight, okay? Follow me around the corner. So Romans chapter 6 verse 14. I'd like a a good confession from the church of the living God this morning. So the high priest can't move until you first speak it. That's what your prophet said. So let's uh, read uh, Romans 6 verse 14 together. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under. Isn't that wonderful? May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. I think that's a great um, a great scripture. Great Brother Mark? No way. That is Brother Mark. Tina, is that you? My goodness, they were kids when they left here. You're still looking like a kid, Brother Mark. You haven't changed a bit. You look fantastic. Nice to have you here, Cloverdale. Amen. Anybody else that's surprising me this morning? God bless you all. Brother Kyle's hiding in the corner. My goodness. We feel like we're we're back at home. Amen. Family. All right. So now we're taking a look at Romans chapter six, verse fourteen. I'd like to take as I, I did last week and I will continue to go down through different scriptures, different translations different punctuations different greek meanings not that we're Greek scholars and you know uh, just because a person takes a greek definition doesn't mean that they're uh, a teacher a teacher is a different gift and teachers try to be preachers stay teachers preachers stay preachers not teachers but when it all gets said and done what was brother Branham? yeah he, was, he fulfilled every every single one of them. So if we take what he says, you know, one minute and say, hey, you're preaching like a preacher, once you're a teacher, once you're, you know, what is he? Man, he's on the missions field. We're calling you apostle. <laughs> we're getting scared, aren't? We? Hey, these are titles, but you know what? At the end of the day, we're sons of God. And as I often say, you be you, and I'll be me, because there's no more me's and there's only use. so we just want to be what God has made us to be we don't want to try and be somebody we're not and if we just be what we are rather than what we think we are we'll, we'll, we'll be alright if you start thinking you're something you're nothing Brother Bram said you know how important you are? what does he say Phil? put your finger in a bucket of water <laughs> tell him where the hole is tells you how important you think you are but here we are looking at the Word of God and we're here this morning. And the Word of God as we know is our life. It's not to be added to or taken away from. We have been a privileged people to recognize a prophet has come privileged. Not everybody recognizes him as that. I do. You don't have to. That's your revelation. I will. I do. And I accept his teachings. And so now what, I, what I'll be ministering now this morning is right from the word of God. So you need to stay with me and I'll try and be as succinct as I can and um, and trust it'll be a blessing to you. We took out of Romans 6 last week and I just want to do a little bit of a review For the uh, amplified says this for sin will not longer be a master over you or sin won't have dominion over you. Anybody here that has been taught the word of God knows that what is sin? Unbelief. Unbelief. Anybody here ever had unbelief? So I'm not going to ask you, did you sin because your sin might be different than my sin, but unbelief that whatever you did is a product of that unbelief. If you believed, you wouldn't do it. So for us to say, have we, do, have we ever had unbelief? That's, that's, uh, that's a silly question almost. Of course. Of course we've had unbelief. So no longer then will that unbelief master you. And, and really that's what we want to look at because you've had things in your life you've tried to master. You and yourself have tried to conquer bad attitudes. Some people have tempers, and they even admit it. I have a temper. Is that proud? Is that something you want to be proud of? <laughs> I got a temper. So is that like saying I'm Irish or something? Really? I come from heaven. Okay, so so we have these different fruits of the flesh. And there's not necessarily things we want to be um, on us or be a part of. So now Paul's saying these will no longer master over you. So I say praise God. I'm going to master over it. Since you're not under the law, definitely not. But we are under unmerited grace. We're recipients of God's favor and His mercy. And that again is, is, is individual. That is the, again individual. That's not blanket. That is for the seed of God. That's for God's predestinated seed. So then we understand then that this sin won't have power over you, power over you, power over you. That means then you will have then power over it. So there's one, there's a struggle of power, so there, you will have power over it. That power, as we said last week, is in, in its kratos or in its meaning, is used only two times throughout the scripture. But there is something within the seed of God, the Greek makes it this way, says it this way, there's actually an inherent power that comes with the life that is in a believer. It's inherent. You don't learn power. A seed doesn't have to learn to go to a stalk. It doesn't go to school. Oh, you know, I'm a seed and I'm rotten and, 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 you know, what's my next day? Teacher? It's in it. It has power to transform itself. We, we, are just laying it down, you know. It's, it's not like you have to struggle to be a seed of God. You're either a seed or you're not. And, and, and of course, that's an obvious statement for those that have sojourned with God these many years. But I'm trying to make a point, and, and by the help of the Holy Spirit, help you understand that that power didn't come from yourself. The power that is an inherent power is something that God's deposited. So, if somebody says, well, are you a Christian? Well, you would say, yes, I'm a Christian. Tell me, how would you know you're a Christian? Anybody got an answer here? Thank you, Brother Sterling. He's my buddy. He'll always come through when I need somebody. So you say you're a Christian. Well, you say, what, what kind of a Christian? Which Christian? What flavor of Christianity do you want? There's all different flavors now there's all different flavors and you can be whatever flavor like you have a Baptist flavor you even have a message flavor but I want a Christ flavor so there's a flavor and that flavor is living Christ it's an inherent power and the Greek goes on to say only available to believers that's why you see people falling away that's why you see them living worldly Going back into the world because they're they're doing it on their own strength. Satan's power is powerful. Lady, to see is powerful, but God's power is greater. I write unto you, children. I write unto you, young men. Why? Because there's a greater power in you. It's not how much you read the message, or how much you read your Bible, or how many times you crawl on your knees. We're not Catholics. I was in, in Montreal and they had a hundred stairs you had to crawl up and at every stair there was a slot to put money. You did your Hail Marys and different like that, people kneeled and, and that's what, and that, that's how they thought that they were a Christian because that's what the church taught them. This message tells you, you are always a son of God, you are always a daughter of God, and you can't put it on. Brother Bram said at one place, he says, if you, imp- uh, what did he say? did I want to say the right word? Impersonate a Christian. It doesn't matter if it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You will blow up. You can't impersonate this word. Everybody with me so far. So there is a greater power that surpasses the power of Laodicea. Period. Period. It's more powerful than drugs. It's more powerful than Hollywood. It's more powerful than gaming. It's more powerful than even doing nothing. You know, there's a whole generation that wants to do nothing and get paid for doing nothing. Huh? sure it is. It's a spirit and it's rising up. Well, I'd love to get paid. I, I, I'd, I'd love to pay, get paid doing nothing, but there's something in me, wouldn't, I couldn't be satisfied doing that. You can't be satisfied by doing that. So in, the cor- in accordance then to that energy or that power that's energizing that force within you, it's moving you to live for Christ. <laughs> it's moving you to live for Christ. And that's why I feel so sorry for people that have make-believe for 20 and 30 years. Well, how miserable they must have been. How miserable. For me, it's a joy to pick up my Bible. For me, it's a joy to listen to a man. It's an actual joy. And actually, actually, a few days will go by and, and I haven't listened to that prophet's voice. Man, when I put that voice on, it just seems, oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that. Too. I've had that many times. And it's a comfort to me. So now that strength that is in you or the might of Christ that is in you has power and ability. And you're endued with the spirit of Christ. Where Paul says it's no longer I that live, but what? Christ. Christ liveth in me. So you see as the scriptures come together. But dominion is a, is, is a word that a lot of people like to, you know, maybe use and, and use it maybe out of context. But to have dominion over something means you have strength and might over it. So sin shall not have dominion over you. So then you will have dominion over sin... That means you'll have a strength or a might or a manifested power that you don't learn. I want to get that very across to you, very straight this morning. You don't learn this power. It's a living power. It's a living God. And people have lukewarm and put this message as just a something low life. Don't get too excited. Well, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know about a statement like that. You get too excited. I've seen people get excited over stupid things. They get excited over Christmas. I just thought that I'd throw that at you. Because I was in a store the other day and I said to a lady, what on earth are you doing? She's putting up Christmas dinner decorations. I said, we well, even going to have Thanksgiving. We haven't had Thanksgiving, and, you know, you know me and Halloween, I hate it anyway. But they, they haven't even had that yet, and Americans haven't even had their Thanksgiving. But, you know, Christmas, it some sort of gives them a feeling of something. It's phony. Priest on years ago, Ben Cosby, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Really? I don't want to ruin your paradigm, but he, he beat his boy, and his boy stood up at his funeral and said, my dad was not a nice man, he was a child abuser. So that might change your little Christmas carol. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin that for you, but anyways, I, that, that was free. I just didn't want that to have dominion over you. I'll start looking up jingle bells next time, look out. I shouldn't do that. I'm sorry. For the we read the scripture and and you know it well and I love it and I've been uh, reveling in it. I'd like you to turn to Romans chapter eight, just a page over, maybe two for some, maybe not. Romans eight twenty nine. Wonderful scripture. Pentecostals hate it. I took this scripture up in uh, Quinell when. Uh, when brother alex and sister wakina were up there and and uh, sister isabel harry weber scotty weber there's about 40 pentecostal people and i had one service left we did all day services i didn't know I you know we didn't have these one hour services brother alex told me he said i had more fellowship with you in Quinnell than i did here i've been here 10 years and we haven't even spent five minutes together but I, I thought I'd take Romans chapter 8, 29 and, and go through the predestination of the seed. And uh, man, I raked that Pentecostal putty cat the wrong way. We don't believe in this. I said, no. They said, yes. And he jumped up and said, if I knew that you were going to cover you know, Romans 28, 27, 28, 29. He said, I needed to study it before I came here. I said, man, I don't need to study it. I am it. That's what I am. And he jumped up and started saying nasty things about me and things like that. Nasty things about the message. But this is one, this is a very wonderful truth. And I just like to just maybe look at it and look at it a little Differently here again. The Bible says this in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn Among many brethren. Wonderful scripture. Wonderful. But I'd like to take a look at that word. And we just ended the service last service. On this word. For whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate. To be. What? Conformed. To the image of his son. Well we're so often we, we understand through unveiling of God and mighty God unveiled before us and and every, everybody that uh, is here that has walked with the message walked with Christ you understand what emorphy imor- means right God changing his outward appearance true or can I say it this way he changes his mask that's God emorphy so then when he changed his mask the God that was above us, came down and fashioned himself as a man and walked before Abraham. That was God, And as we've preached for years, then before God can change his mask, there has to be a prophet to recognize the change of the mask. Everybody's has that. I preached on it. And if you just want to look it up in your lexicon, it's, it's all there. It's nothing that's super duper spiritual. It's just, if you just did a little bit of reading, you'd find that there. So then whenever God changes his mask, there's a prophet on the scene to let you know he's changed his mask. And we can change that in various forms. He changed and became Jehovah Shalom at the time of Gideon. But there had to be a prophet on the scene, Gideon, to know that that God had changed his mask. John the Baptist, prophet. God came down, God above us, God with us. We got that, right? So God changed his mask and his mask was in Jesus. Then he went back to the pillar of fire and Paul was here present to let you know he changed his mask. True. So then in this day, a prophet's on the scene and said, now God that was in Jesus now is in you. So we needed a prophet to tell us God is living in a people. People assumed that he was, but then it was a certain kind of people. The elected, a lady and bride of Jesus Christ. She is him. So those are all services in itself, and I just briefly went over that. But that's God amorphia. So that's on the outside. We will change our body. And we preached on the theophany. We bypassed our theophany, but there's a groaning to go back to that word body. But that 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 is something we bypass. Everybody understand that so far. I haven't lost anybody in any terminology yet. Everybody there okay with me. But Paul is saying here then the predestinated or the foreknown of God will be conformed to the image of his son. That uh, conformed is son morfu. Not in morphe. Okay? So in morphe is outer. Sun morphe is inner. So then there has to be something that changed the inner. Hmm? Because it's going to catch up to the outer. Or the outer is going to catch up to the inner. Right? Okay. We'll just, we'll just labor now on this for a little bit. For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate. To be conformed or some morfu, to be in the image of his son, son morfu conformed means then together son with morphe refers to the conformity of children of God to the image of his son, to resemble his son, to be like the form and image of his son. Morfu refers to the inner reality. Come on. I'm just bringing you along on this little journey this morning. So then we are to be the predestinated, the predestinated that are the gene, that are the germ. Those that are germs are going to be conformed to his image and that conformity. Comes from within, and I, I ended off with the song, "Jesus, where on the outside working towards the inside?" I, I, I ask these questions to keep you awake. So, what is it? Uh, you've sung it for years. It's Jesus on the working toward the outside. So we know that there's going to be change on the outside. But before there can be a change on the outside, there better be a change on the inside. And that is called a born again experience. All unbelief burned out. Mm, that's marvelous, Brother Tom. Thank you. I'm talking to myself again. Sun Morfu. It's to be conformed. It is, it's a two word means with morphy, with a form and conforming then now to the image of his son and that we might be then that he is the firstborn of many brethren. That means there's other brethren coming and I'm one of them. One of them. So this son Morphe being conformed is now the inner reality. That's why he said, you never seen the real me yet. I'm just helping. I just want you to think a little bit deeper than hallelujah and go home. So then the Morphu remi- now... Refers to an inner reality. Or the inward real form. Amen. Hmm. <laughs> That's when you know the things I used to do, I don't do them no more. The unbelief I used to have, I have it no more. The son Morphu is a conforming. And it's a word that means son or with morphi, remer, uh, um Moving us to then children of God. Becoming in the image of his son. Resembling his son. Because it's referring now to the inward reality. The inward reality. The inward. The actions that we do. Brother Murphy made mention to it and I, I love it. It's automatos. That means every seed shall bring forth of its kind. It does it automatically. It does it automatically. I don't study to become smarter. I lay before God to be more like Him. That more foe, more foe, Is now we're being conformed. Paul's telling you. It's the predestinated. It's the chosen. It's the elected. That get the morpho. And that morpho. Is that inward real form. Of something. Now watch this now. Once that becomes a reality. Are you listening? Once it becomes a reality. It never alters. So you can't have that change in the inner man and go back to the world. Or you never had sun morpho. You never had a conformity. But once Christ formed in you, it's a reality that never changes. And that's why you need to tell the devil, I have been born again, saved by the grace of almighty God. You can't have me. Why? It's not an outward change where I threw away my cigarettes. I threw away my booze, my dope, my drugs, my everything. That's not the outward part that I'm concerned about. Okay, let me help you here. This will help you. Brother Ken and I grew up under this. God sees my heart. That's what my mom used to say. God sees my heart. I said, if your heart was changed, your outward would change. Yeah. Too deep for them. Because it, it, to them, it's always that good feeling. God knows my heart. Knows your heart what? Knows your heart you want to be saved? Or knows your heart that you just want to live a good life? Of course He knows your heart. The Bible says, that's not a great revelation. He's a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. So God knows your heart right? He knows whether or not you'll accept Christ or not accept Christ. But the Bible is saying for whom he did foreknow. For whom he did foreknow. Who's the whom? And who's the he? Did foreknow. He predestinated to become now conformed. And so that's why as we go on in this Christian walk, it exposes the devil. People sit around pretending they are, and they'll get exposed. But you need to realize and have a rest in, it's automatic. It's an automatic Christian life. So now you're being some more food to the image. That means thus it's a conformity to resemble him. Let the beauty of be seen in me. That's what Paul's writing about. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Judas lived it out in the flesh, but he couldn't live it out in the soul realm. Still with me? All right. So then the morpho means to the inner reality or the inward real form of something that can never be altered. To what is really on the inside. Morpho is inside. Morphe, outside. We got that. Morphe means a form in the sense of an outward appearance or a changing of masks. The word morpho is more of a noun referring to the inside the real you hmm have i seen the real gary yet or have you seen the real tom yet my little children why don't you turn to galatians so we just so we have scripture 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 galatians chapter 4 Verse 19. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Everybody there? My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be where? Formed. Where? In you. you. Till Christ be formed in you. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joint and marrow, and is a discerner of what? The intent, thought and intent of the heart, that inner you. For the word of God speaks alive and it's full of power, making it active. Now, now that we've got thus far this step, let's go to the next step. We're not quite turning the corner yet. How many believe then if you are a seed of God and you desire, or as we've been preaching on the groaning of God, and you're groaning to be like Jesus, how many would want that to happen now? Not tomorrow. Not till the next service. But Lord, could you do that transforming or that conforming now on the inside? Take that which is wrong out of me. Take that which is not of you from me. Take all unbelief out of me. Now, unbelief hangs around. It hangs around. It does. And you will have your critics. You will have those that sit amongst you and criticize you but saints of god the thing that you don't have to worry about if they're criticizing this they haven't seen this but this brings out this i don't want to i don't want to complicate it but i just like to bring it along now that which is on the inside comes out to the outside That's why even the world Christian, worldly Christian, worldly Christians say, what would Jesus do? Because there's an action that comes with confession. Here now, can you imagine? Here's Brother Branham. How many services have we got on tape or how many Healing lines and discernment things and all these sort of things and people rise up after the fact and they're going to criticize now, Brother Branham. So I, I just thought I I just had this here. Brother Branham had his own critics, so don't worry about yours. There's no new thing under the sun. So Brother Branham had this gentleman come him, come talk to him. And he talks about, he says, you've had some failures. You've had some failures. He said, you've prayed for people that never got healed. Brother Bram said, it's according to their faith. He said, but when I say, thus saith the Lord, it's thus saith the Lord. See, people don't get that. They think everybody that he prayed for, God healed. It's their faith. That heals you. Brother Bram said, I can't heal you. How many ever heard that before? Of course. I can't heal you. Brother Bram, he said, he's already healed you. If you can get the people to believe you, nothing would stand in the midst of your prayers, not even cancer. That's what we believe. So he said to Brother Bram, you had some failures. Brother Bram turns around and says, why don't you talk about the successes? I remember talking to a preacher one time when I I got saved and my mom said to me You've got to go see Reverend Packham. I said Reverend Packham I said really mom that's that's your absolute I'm got to go see Reverend. Yes, you got to go see Reverend Packham I said, okay, I'll go see Reverend Packham. if it makes it he was a United Church minister So I walked up to his door and of course he'd heard about my fanaticism what he called fanaticism and he invited me in and as he's talking, to- uh, <laughs> as he's smoking, you can see my culture. <laughs> as he was smoking on his cigarette, he invited me in. And I said, praise God, I got delivered from those things. Amen. That set the tone. But that was not an outside transform. That was an inside conform. So we sat down, and he poured me a cup of tea, and he says, I understand, Tom, that you got religion. I said, no, sir, I never got religion. I got born again. Well, he couldn't figure out the difference, but I know the difference. I'm not a religious Mooney. I am a son of God. He says, well, I understand that you're following this man called William Branham. I said, absolutely. He says, that's what I'm afraid of. Why, I said, why? Well, he says, I know people that went to his meetings and nothing happened. I said, well, I know people that went to his meetings and something happened. The devil will always point you to the negative. Jesus wants to point you to the positive. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. That strengtheneth me. Well, he says, well, he says, you don't have to get so wound up. I said, well, I said, I got something to be wound up about. He says, well, he said, "Uh, why are you believe that Brother Branham is a prophet? I said, well, let me ask you a question. Are we in the coming of the Lord? Well, that was way too deep for him. Are we in the coming of the Lord? Oh, that was way over his pay grade. So I said, well, the Bible says that Jesus is coming and I said before he can come as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the revealing of the son of man I said then if Noah was a prophet and he was trying to get the people into the ark there has to be a prophet today to get us back into the ark he goes Tom time's up Time's up. Well, I was happy. Close the door on your way up. So I, I did. But you've always got people looking at the negative. I always love to talk about the positive. Amen. And so now, here is a critic coming to Brother Branham. He says, uh, he says, why don't you talk about the successes He says, the reason for it is, he says, your heart's away from God. When you start to criticize the word, your heart is away from God. And it's moving you, he says. Now, here's a prophet discerning him. He says, it's moving you to a theological experience. That's what he said. He says, it's moving you to a theological experience. I said, there you are. He said, I heard in one of your sermons that Jesus said, the things that I do, you shall do also. Said, let's see you break the bread now, feed the five thousand, and let me, let me see you turn the water to wine. This is what he's saying to Brother Branham. I said, we are in our infancy. We are moving up quick as we get you bunch of formal fanatics out of the way. Woo, there were not too many amens. I think you were thinking about that statement before I said it. Let me help you now. He said, why aren't we, t- why aren't you turning the bread, I'm multi- multiplying the bread and turning the water into wine? He said, we are in our infancy. This is 1956. He said, we are moving up, and quick as we get you bunch of formal fanatics out of the way, we'll be doing that. But we're doing, he said, I said, now, healing's not questioned anymore. Even the doctors recognize that. The best medical associations in whole America. Medical Association recognizes divine healing, comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, that's right. I said, if we can get you bunch of unbelievers out of a way long enough to get God moving through the crowd, you'll see such things that'll take place. We're moving up into that. Look at the miracles Jesus started the same way. It moved right up, finally, to the resurrection of the dead. So, do you think that he had his critics? Sure he did. And you'll have yours. Believe, he said, with all your heart, brother. Believe with all your heart. You, and this is where I said, last, last week, if you, I looked up in the balcony, I said, Look on me. You guys were looking all the way around the room. I said, look on me. Here's the quote for you. As you've waited for this time. If you've done that, God will have some place of contact for you. It's your deep calling to a deep and there's a deep to respond. That hour has now come for you. God bless you. Then he looked at this person, he said, life has not been a flowery bed of ease to you. Your troubles in your bowels. I see some kind of operation, an abscess, and a doctor lanced it. I see him looking around. He wants to operate. But you have prayed and believed. I see. You got some trouble with your home too. You got a wife that's something wrong in her back, slipped under the vertebrae. I see a younger woman that's got swelling. It's your daughter. It's your daughter-in-law. That's right. She doesn't even belong to the church of God. Go home, brother. God has visited you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Your hour has come. So now there comes a point that we have to realize that our hour also has come. It's come to be what God has purposed us to be. He said in this other place, in this other quote here, you've come to the Father's house expecting tonight. You wanted to come. He sent His Son. He died. He put a deposit in there for your healing. Now the hour has come for you to make your decision. Amen. The hour has come for you. The hour has come. To deal with you individually, to stop making an empty confession and living a full confession. I know that was a real punch. A lot of empty confessions. But he has come to give you a true confession. We have been born under a promise, and under that promise, we will fulfill. Now, can I ask you, can you fulfill it yourself? No. So how do you give yourself then to fulfilling this? preached on it years ago. Add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. You can add a cubic to your stature. You can add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance. Can you add that or is God adding that? So if you look up the word add in the Greek, it's choreo. I don't know why I'm using all these Greek terms this morning, but If if you look up choreo go in the Greek, that means one who provides the seed. All you need to do is lay in his presence and he will multiply that seed. Because you can't have scripture one way and then scripture another way. It all has to come together. So we have to see then if God called you to this. He doesn't halfway call you. He's going to conform you into his image. So if I look at an object, let's take a, an example in the Bible. And let's take Samson. Samson was, his mother was visited by a an angel. So let me ask you a question. If a mother has been visited by an angel, is that person going to fulfill or unfulfill what that angel said? <laughs> it's, going to it. it's going to fulfill it. So then we sing the chorus, in the good times, in the bad times. Did he have good times? And boy, did he have bad times. Mm-hmm. But there was a seed in him. And that seed can't be unseed. And that's really where I want you to start getting this. A seed can't be unseed. Have you done horrific things? One honest person here. Have we done things that we're not proud of? Sure we have. Have we corrected those things? Well, if you don't, God will. So now let's just take a look at how God starts conforming, or God, ca- God starts to take a hold of something. In Judges 13, don't turn there, 24, uh, 13, 24, and 25. The Bible says the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Many of you know the, what the name Samson means. What does it mean? Son of the sun. Son of the sun. Good name. We've not had any Samsons named in this church. So this son, the Bible says, Grew. And the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at times in the camp of Dan. Between Zorah and Eshtal. There were times he had victory. And there were times he had trouble. He had victory, Jeff, after victory. Here he was, slaying lions, catching three hundred foxes. Have you ever tried to catch one? I did. I ran around the golf course for about eight hours. <laughs> the old days when I worked on a golf course up in Chilliwack, you know, I, I was a greens uh, keep uh, cleaner or whatever they call it. I had I'm, I'm the I had a big title, weed picker. And I had to pick weeds before the golfer showed up. And the way that you did it, you know how big a green is? You take a peg and a string and you run it to the end. And you go all along that string and you pick out every weed. And then you move it a half an inch. Do you know how big that greens are? They are a long time. I didn't even talked to weeds. <laughs> but once in a while when I'm in the middle of the green, here comes this fox. And I said, I'm going to get you fox. I always wanted a pelt of a fox. Now that sounds a little radical today but in those days it wasn't so radical and I thought I could get myself a fox do you think I could catch that fox I knew where his den was so I finally found his den and I looked down into the den and there was hundreds of golf balls I said I've made my fortune (laughs) I put my hand down that thing and I pulled out the golf ball and they all been chewed up because they always thought they were eggs foxes like eggs Well, you can't hit a golf ball once they're all marked up. So I didn't make my fortune. But can you imagine this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God on him to catch 300 foxes, light their tails on fire, and destroy the crop of the enemy. That wasn't a small feat. That was supernatural. So here we go. Here we go. He rips the lion in half. Honey comes out of the lion. I preached on that. There will be honey out of your trial. Don't worry about it. You got your 300 foxes, right? He chopped those Philistines down till they are heaps upon heaps. He had campaign after campaign. But there's a devil that wants to take away what God wants to do for you. He was told by an angel. He was called by an angel to be a judge over Israel. So here he was, Brother Bram said, God starts to move on him and he has victory and he has campaigns and he has spiritual years and he, and he goes on and people love him and all of a sudden there's a weak spot. What does Brother Bram say? Every man has a weak link. I'll help you. Link. Everybody has a weak link. He says, "Guard those weak links." And now, Samson's weak link was women. That's what it was. But when he fell into the clutches, because I don't have time to dramatize all of uh, uh, all of Samson's life. But there came a point where he yielded to it. And once you yield to it, you're going to be in trouble. And what did it lead to? The blinding of his eyes and the loss of his power. Imagine, imagine, no man has ever been like Samson. And Samson gave over to his weakness. And because of his weakness, there were consequences. And because of that consequence, he ended up in the prison house. And he ended up blinded. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he shall reap. God is not mocked. But here's the wonderful part. Here's the wonderful part of the Thanksgiving message. Is everybody listening? Here's the wonderful part of the Thanksgiving message this morning. There's always a good part. The wonderful part is he knew that in his condition, he couldn't meet the challenge of the hour. So now that makes us look inward to ourselves. Because of his condition, Brother Rem said, his condition could not meet the challenge of the hour. And that is not where the story ends. Right. Amen. And I'm so thankful for the elected see, Gene of God. And that's why I asked you the very simple question. Do we blow it we do and there's a consequence that comes with that do you do the right thing do you say the right thing there's a consequence to that it's not all negative like I said I don't want to put it, point, point at the negative I want to point at the positive anybody says Lord be master of my life there's a good consequence that comes with that Lord, save me. And he saves you. Lord, heal me. And he heals you. Lord, give me a wife. He gives you a wife. Lord, give me children. He gives you children. There's good consequences to receiving the word. There's absolutely great consequences that come with receiving Christ. But there's also another consequence When you move outside the realm of what God's called you for. He says, but, and here's the, here's the thanksgiving part, but, but, something started to move in Samson's heart. There's a possibility. He says, there's a possibility. He started to reach back to his hair and it started to grow. And he said, there's a possibility that God will give me my position back to me. Don't let the devil ever tell you you've blown it, you've burned your bridges and you can't come back. That's the devil. God has called you to some morphy you, to change you, and you've had a change. But Satan works on this flesh to destroy you. And now something happened to Samson, and now he felt there was a possibility that now God will hear his prayers. His eyes are poked out, he's, his hair is just stubble, but his lips started to move. If the church only knowed there's a possibility, but the people today don't seem to catch that vision, It's Brother Branham, they don't seem to catch that there's a possibility You can shout a little more, pat your hands a little more, dance a little more. He said, that isn't it. The word, you must get back to the word. And once that word is on the inside of you, you won't bypass it. Yes, you'll clap your hands. And yes, you will have victory. But the possibility, don't take the chance. This is the day. This is the hour. Don't take the chance that it's not now. There's a possibility, Lord. You can hear my prayer, Lord. I desire you more in my life, Lord. And Samson cried out, Lord, they poked my eyes. I know you're God. I know you have power. I know you can set me free from these fetters, just once more, Lord. I wonder how many Samsons on a Thanksgiving day can look and say Satan has tried to hold me down, but I want God to loose my feather fetters, open my eyes to see God's promise. People been bound for years. They're caustic, mean, and nasty. That's not the inside. An inside man will be Christ man. It's the outside we're dealing with right here. He said he cried out, "Lord, they poked my eye. Satan has poked my." You got to put the onus on the person, the devil. Poke my eyes out. He says, here I am. Would you one more time? In all my sincerity, I've been blinded. I'll pay the price. But Lord, I'm asking you to move one more time. Here's the problem. Brother Branham said, are we willing to pay the price? To have God start to move in our lives. The possibility. Brother Ram said. Don't take the chance of another day. This is the hour. As he said to that gentleman that needed healing. He said this is your hour. This is the hour. It's right now. Lord, I know you're God, and I know who you are. I'm away from you, but I know the fibers of my own life needs the power of God back in it. Only you know. Only you need to catch your own vision. I could preach it. I could dramatize it. But now this morning I'm just speaking it. Because all of us in some way of another need God to really start getting a hold of our lives and quit playing with the message. Would you mind me just... I just had a couple of... Remarks here and I don't plan on hold you much longer. I've been an hour. Where has your meditation taken you? Or I, I'm sorry, I didn't even leave it there. Where has my meditation taken us? Because i got to put myself there too. When I think, Brother Brown said, that the church is ordained to do something, And it suffered the enemy to blind its eyes from the word of the living God and the commandments of God. Why did he preach once more so many times across the nation? We've been blinded when we've been ordained. We sported with sin when we've been called to overcome sin humiliated anybody here been humiliated I mean I mean, some people think that that's a new thing that they've only been humiliated we've all been humiliated brother Bram said Samson was humiliated he was humiliated he was a symbol of Israel as being an overcoming judge he was humiliated But you know what, saints? He didn't stay humiliated. He wanted to be restored. And he cried out once more, Lord, restore me to my position. But Ram said if the enemy could only blind your eyes of the real thing of God, he'll walk right over you. No matter what God does and vindicates before you, The scripture still proves it has power. If your eyes are not open to the things of God, you'll walk right out over it as a blind man. But Samson had the right prayer. Lord, avenge my eyes. You want to hear another part of this prayer? Oh God make us prisoners like that from our own selfish ambitions from our own judgments our better way of thinking to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ I think that would be a great statement to make before we close Lord I want to be a prisoner of you and not of Delilah. Don't let this world put pricks in my eyes that I don't see the opening of his word for me. We can talk about, as Michael did on, on Wednesday night, you can take Revelation 5 and Revelation 10 and Saints of God, if you are not walking in the revelation of the opening of the Word, it just goes over. It just goes over. Lord, make us a prisoner from our own selfish ambitions. Here's Brother Branham. Lord, give me a church ready to visualize, to see the sign that we see the omnipotent God and the great power of God moving amongst the people, which the rapture will be an easy thing when Jesus come because they'll be caught up because they believe in such. And we're at the end and we're at that junction. We're at the crossing time. We're at that dispensation. We're here. If you haven't recognized once more, Lord, as, as the title that he preached, I think, five or six times, you'll recognize the church in its condition in 1956 or Deceived Church by the World 1959 or the present state of the church, June 28, 1963, and then preaches once more, Lord, five, six times. I would say that's pretty important. Message to see because there is a Delilah and it might not be her flesh. It might be another spirit that is trying to take you down. We must, as Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, not go off on rabbit trails of our flesh. But keep to the cross and look to Jesus. Was Samson the type of the church? Brother Brown said indeed he was. Was the gospel rejected? Indeed it has. But is there a cry within the heart of the believer to say, Lord, once more, once more, Lord, once more. End of five services of the groan now. Lord, do you hear my groan? Once more. Don't let my eyes be blinded by the things that attract me. Lord, I want you to be my attraction. Lord, the beast is coming to his position as we spoke last week. We see the churches and the federation of churches coming together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Don't let the devil prick them out of your head. Look at the beast. Look at its rising. Look at the image. Look at its joining power. Look at Trump being there. Look at the Arabs being there. Look at all that coming together. And all we just float on in time. Lord, once more, open my eyes of understanding Amen. to see the revelation of your word. Don't poke my spiritual eyes out of me. And this, I, I even questioned, I got the... Mark beside it and underlined it and thought, Lord, I don't want to end on the negative. Don't want to end on the negative. But he said, the trouble of it is the church today is not like Samson and they're not willing to pay the price. That's the church, not the bride. I want you to take that in now. There's the positive. He's talking about the church. There. Not willing to pay the price. But the bride. Is willing to pay the price. Why? Because now the presence of God. Has sun morphed me. He has changed the inner man. To come into the image of Christ. Can you imagine a man that just had. Had. Killed Philistine upon Philistine, heap upon heaps. Grinding at a mill. Can't see the next step forward. But there was something within him that said, Lord, avenge my eyes, Lord. And God called him to judge Israel. And we know this scripture that he killed more at his death than he did through his whole ministry. God's not finished with you or I. And if there's something that we need to Clean up with out of our lives. Let's just clean it up. Does that mean you're not saved? Well, if you want to mean it, that that you can have that. But if you're a seed of God and you've gone, Samson, when? What are you doing, Samson? Does it mean you're not saved then, Doug? I can't believe that. If God has done something to change on your inside, your outside has been attacked. And I say, rise up within yourself, Samson. Pray the right prayer. Pay the price. Count the cost. And do what it's needed to walk with Jesus Christ. You sisters, please come. He realized he was at the end of the growing period. The hair was so long, and he felt the locks again. Maybe you've gone a long time needing the Holy Spirit to move on your life. But you could reach back and promise and say, Lord, you know my heart. I've loved you since my youth. And I want you to live through me. I don't want to live a lukewarm message life. I want the power of God to live through me. There's a price to pay. Brother Bram said, There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. And don't try and put your mistakes under the rug. You might as well just confess them and say, Lord, I did wrong. I'm wrong, Lord. But would you turn it around? I don't know how you would do that, Lord. And you say, Well, Brother Tom, who are you preaching to? I don't know. I wasn't supposed to preach this morning. But maybe there's one here that says I'm willing to stand and pay the price for the Tom because it's been so cold and I want the fire of God to burn on. Maybe you want to bow your heads because I don't want you to see. I want those that have felt that I'm willing to pay the price. Your own individual price. God bless you, sister. If you want to stand to say, I'll pay the price, I don't care. I'm in a mess anyway. I'm just in a mess. And I need the God to come down and take me out of this mess. God bless you and you. God bless you. Have thine own way, Lord. God bless you and you and you. I'm Samson. I know I've been born for this. But Satan's tripped me up. And I'm willing to humiliate myself in the presence of God. Say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're brave men and women this morning. You are brave. God bless you. Have the own... Are you playing? Yeah. just as I am standing here in the presence of God not in emotion but you've stood willingly and I know my God will honor that I don't know your problems I don't know your situation but he does I know you know you're a seat of God there's been a transforming power within And the only urge within is, I want to be like him. And yet failing, you see the failing in the flesh, the failing in the flesh. But I'm willing to lay it down to let Jesus, let Jesus, let Jesus have his way this morning. It's Canadian Thanksgiving. I want to thank him. We're dealing with you individually. The spectrum so different than it has been across the building. Ones you would never think. And yet God dealing with, I thank God for your lives. Heavenly Father this morning you've done great work a great work within the hearts of these saints that have stood Lord great work they've identified something within their own lives willing and themselves to say Satan thus far no further Maybe a message, Lord, that isn't demonstrative. But something that would speak to the heart of your children. Realizing at the very onset of the service, sin shall not have dominion over you. It never had it over Samson. Because your prophet said he reached back and said I'm willing to pay the price brought him to a prison house shaved him bald poked out his eyes there was a consequence for his action but there was also a consequence for his believing Lord and he destroyed more of Satan's kingdom than through his life May Satan's kingdom shake and suffer this morning. Brave men and women have stood. Lord willing to pay the price. And I pray Lord this morning as they lay it down. That stake of faith. Saying it's over. God, come on the scene for me. It's over. Let their faith soar. So we sang at the beginning there's only two roads. And we'll take that road, that one of faith. And so, Father, I'm asking that you will sovereignly undertake supernaturally for these precious lives that were so brave to stand in the presence of God and this church to say enough is enough wrong's wrong right's right and I stand for truth bless them Lord Give them the confidence now to walk, conquer and live under promise, and let the somemorpho of God do its transforming work that we see only Jesus living within your children. Bless them, bless your people as they go home and they will be someone's unsaved loved ones, Lord. I pray God that their lives will thunder forth the very life of Jesus Christ in Jesus name have thine own way why don't we all stand have thine own way Last quote, and I, I want you to really, really, really deep think deeply. I really do. I want you to think real deeply. Brother Branham is very, 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 very pointed in his statements when he cried out, Lord let me die with my enemy let me die with my enemy every one of us has an enemy and we need to die to it he says and then he asked the question don't you want to die don't you want to die he said the only possibility of a revival is for you to die You blinded Samson, can't you see that Delilah blinded your eyes? The only way you'll ever bring back the strength to the church is to die to the enemy that's got you in worldlyism. You know, then Samson's reply was, Here's the positive, Michael. Then let me die with my enemy. I want that to be on your lips as we close. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. Every one of us has got an enemy. I'm not talking about the brother or sister around you. Please look a little bit deeper than that. Look within your own selves. Who wants a revival? All of us want a revival. A revival of that word in us. He said then, He said, let me die then with mine enemy.'" in this closing I want you to think of of your enemy and we're willing to die one more time Father we indeed desire the moving of God within this church we've had tremendous movings tremendous victories Lord all I were wanting is more not nice little stories or little thoughts, little jokes. We're serious with the word of life. And your prophet said, we need to die with our enemy. I'll die, Lord, to Tom Ray. Your prophet said, the be- biggest enemy of God is Yourself. But, Lord, I'm willing to let it die that the Christ in me would grow. And, Lord, that that glorious uniting time will take place when bodies and spirit unite as one. Father, we're looking for that rapture change and we are looking for it and love to have preached on it. Sometimes, Lord, we have these services so that we can look within. Not look without at the people that are around us But to look within our own heart To say, Lord, whatever I need to die to I'm willing So I'm asking, Lord, that you will bless your people As they have gathered this morning Strengthen them in the grace of God Strengthen our pastor Expecting a very quick recovery, Lord And that, Lord, that he will return sooner than later, stronger than weaker. And that we will give you the glory for it, Father. So would you bless your children now as they go, as they ponder these things. Lord, as they sit around the table with their family, pondering the grace of God that has them sitting there. And may they glorify you in their conversation. Go with us now, we pray, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Nice to have you all here. Mark, and Tina, nice to see you. God bless you.